This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So, we uh, have been talking about DC Comics a lot lately, um, mm-hmm. not just on this show, but also on this great channel of ours. Please, like and subscribe. Uh, let's, uh, the thought occurred to me, we've done these kinds of shows before, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. hey, let's fix what they're doing, let's figure it out. Um, today I wanted to do a little differently than we normally do, where we're going to have like a, like a three-part list of what we want to accomplish and see if we can actually arrive at some conclusions. Because yeah. not only do we get some great ideas from the audience when we're watching this show live, uh, by the way, if you are, you're a sponsor of today's show, I bet you didn't know that. Uh, all you got to do to sponsor today's show, use those super chats, ask a question, make a comment, and we'll read it here on the show. That money goes into the system and allows us to continue to do this show on a regular basis for you. Jesse Sweet, for example, says money for my favorite channel. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate that, man. Or miss. I apologize. Could be either. <laughs> I think we don't know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so that's it. Um, but you guys have some great ideas and suggestions. And so I wanted to be able to incorporate that into our ongoing conversation uh, Mm -hmm. as we go. So when we say we want to fix DC Comics, what I think we're trying to say is that there are some issues that we have observed. Uh, I certainly identified one or two of them on yesterday's live show Off the Rack, where I was like, Jim Lee shared co-publication duties with Dan DiDio. Dan DiDio's... Uh, leaving of the company and very little conversation about it from the higher ups, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the comic book industry has only been able to react and make shit up. Yes. And boy, are they good at both of those things? I know speaking only for myself, my current, I guess, uh, bugbear with DC is that I'm not reading as many books as I used to when DC rebirth started. Like, I was probably reading more DC books than ever, and now I've scaled that back. I can basically count them all on one hand. Oh, absolutely. Same here. Uh, And we have a list of all the currently active series of DC Comics, and we're going to address that as we go further into the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it has had a toll. Uh, Now we have a publisher and chief creative officer, Jim Lee, who I don't know if he instills confidence in the company, the way that he ought to be. And maybe he could grow and learn as the role requires. They are sustained by a large parent company and then a larger parent company. Yeah. So there's really no reason, there's no way to fail unless all you do is screw up constantly. And even then, if you keep it quiet and you keep your employees well, like well paid and happy, no one will know about it for years. Yeah, it's true. So uh, Lee could take the time to grow and change and learn. But he was the head of Wildstorm Studios. He's run his own entire publication group before. He was one of the main pillars of the Image Comics revolution. He should probably know how to do this by now. 
So what you're saying, Sal, is that Wildcats is the key to saving DC Comics and getting us back reading more as they really need to get them what, working and push them in more books. What I'm saying, Joel, is we're going to replace the bat with a cat. Oh, that that's the new initiative. is going to stand for Covert Action Team. Action Team. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I honestly don't think Wildcats could sell a book. Much no. less be like the the fifth pillar of the DC pantheon. Honestly, though, the Warren Ellis Wildstorm series bored me to tears, but I recognized its greatness. I'm like, this is a mm -hmm. good series, and it's really brilliant. I'm just not a fan. But it did put John Davis Hunt on our radar, and he is awesome. He really um, is good. And he, I'm going to love him on that Shadow Man book. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think Wildstorm is the, pl the, the, the the way to fix it. Nor do I even think that Lee even really gives a shit about it. Mm. You know why? There's been nothing. I mean, like, with the New 52, we saw, like, you know, Pandora's like, ah, look at all these universes. And one of them <laughs> was straight up Wildstorm, Wildcats, yep. Gen 13, that kind of thing. They've tried to, they've had some false starts with Gen 13 as a series since the DC acquisition. It just never went anywhere, and I didn't really feel any love from Jim Lee. And I have a couple of insider friends over there who made mention of the fact that Lee has no Wildcats paraphernalia in the building. Really? No That's old funny. action figures, nothing. Not, not even the amazing theme song is the ringtone for his phone. I mean, that's I would if I were Jim Lee. I when I go to cons, I would switch it to the Wildcats theme just just Wild for fun. Wildcats. That's seriously one top top ten of the nineties. Best. It's it's really good. The show is garbage, but man, that theme is top tier. They're heroes, not zeros. Yeah, that. Okay, so you look at like the theme song for the Ninja Turtles. That shit mm. is poetry. It's mm. brilliance. It's marketing. Boiled down to its basic components, it Shock tells glory, you man. it tells you what the show is, what you can expect. Also has some zing. Wildcats. No one knows what that is. Least of no. all the people who wrote the lyrics to that song. No, so, of course not. Uh, before we get into the super chats, and I know there's a bunch of you guys, and I know you have a lot of suggestions, so I want to address these first before we get into your suggestions. But uh, what we need to do is part one identify the underlying issues that we want to fix. So mm -hmm. let's come up with a little list of what we want to fix. What's broken with DC Comics that we need to address or that we want to address here on the show? Uh, for, the, for one, I think we need leadership. Yeah. I think there is a, there's a fundamental lack of leadership at that company. There's no one to point to to say, this person knows what they're doing, can, can steer the ship, and knows how the ship operates. They need these three basic things to, to be an effective leader in the comic book industry. Agreed. We need a leader. And, uh, and by the way, not just one. I, I think it's scary to have one person in charge of everything. That's called a dictatorship. And yeah. I love Kevin Feige, but Feige needs a protege because Feige is but a man. He is mm. not an LMD. He is not a Terminator with an endoskeleton made of titanium. He is but flesh and blood. He could get the coronavirus. He could get hit by a bus. And then where will the Phase 5 go? Nowhere, that's where. Because I don't there's think there's anybody who's really got the same level of in. passion and talent that he has to steer that ship. You need 
elements to keep the system going support uh, systems and another issue too with only having one boss too let us not forget jim shooter yes people loved his reign at marvel for you know all the great except books the employees, that he, yeah except for the employees it's like man we put out some of the best work of our career but he was an iron-fisted dictator <laughs> yeah no like we benefited from it and we got a lot of the thing is with jim shooter we got a lot period yes it wasn't a lot of good and it wasn't a lot of bad it was just he just it's like he just opened the valve and was just like mm -hmm. just let it all out and he wrote <laughs> a lot of that shit too so he did but yeah J shooter needed a protege and i think he had somebody i can't remember who it was but they left in a huff too and they screwed up their entire career to do it but mm -hmm. uh yeah you, you need you need support systems in place to allow the the system to to function properly leadership is key uh the other thing i don't think dc publishes too many books i don't think they have the marvel problem so they actually probably have less now than they have before as i look at this list in front of me some are actually already done or are close to being done so the list is actually out of date exactly so we don't need to scale back but i think we need to focus there's no focus now there's no focus in the publishing line because more or less, writers are just kind of allowed to do whatever they want right now. Like, again, say what you want about the new 52 era, but at least it was nice and divided into fiefdoms. You had your Bat family of books, your Superman family of books, and they all affected each other, and they all crossed over, and you pretty much knew what you were getting when you picked up a book. Now, that's a lot harder because it's like, well... What Tom King did over here can't affect everything else or the whole house of cards would fall down. Bendis is doing whatever he wants anyway, so that can't affect all the Superman stuff. And then you got people like Robert Vendetti, God bless their heart, in their Justice League book trying to make all of these things connect and say, no, 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 it's happening at the same time in one universe, mm. I swear. So it's actually kind of like a two-part problem. We got no focus in the publishing line. We also have rogue creators. I'll, probably more rogue creators now <laughs> than there's been in a very long time. I think that DC's actually doing something about that right now because you know as well as I do that Sean Gordon Murphy created the Murphyverse in his White Knight universe. Yes. Uh, he's calling it the, Mur the Murphyverse. It's clearly the White Knight universe, but whatever, Murphy. Mm. Um, but they are actually turning that whole thing into a publishing line. Yeah, yeah. We're going to we're going to have White Knight spin-offs that are not written or drawn by Sean Gordon Murphy, which I don't think there's enough to sustain that, but I digress. I think that uh when it comes to that, that's actually that's a good way to allow to keep your top-tier talent, keep them happy, mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. cash in on some of those like hits. Like I'm sure the numbers for White Knight and for White Knight 2 don't lie, and they're like, "God, how do we, I don't know, we need more of this that <laughs> into a fine, uh, sippable, marketable drink? Mm. Uh, and I think the way to do that for them is like, well, we'll just turn it into a friggin' label. I mean, DC's never been afraid of making multiple labels. Recently, no. they did that. It's just, I think the problem is they've forgotten how to be a book publisher uh, when it comes to maintaining, fostering, and, uh, you know, and, and, and cultivating their labels. You know, so I think labels are a big deal, uh, and I think they're important, and I think that's part of the no focus in the publishing line. So it's really two things, leadership and no focus in the publishing line. And also two lines that just collect dust for a long time. Remember Earth One, how big that was? Then we were all in on Black Label for a bit. Now there hasn't been a Black Label book for months, 
And then, yeah. you know, uh, what is it? The Dark Universe. Remember the Dark Universe imprint? Oh, yeah. and, and, and the Vertigo that wasn't Vertigo. Remember that? The, the, the problem, and I think that the solution for that, and I don't want to get too, like, all, all over the place, is that there are a bunch of lines that are collecting dust. And DC, DC pioneered, I don't know, prestige, niche, indie books with the vertigo line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they produce some of the most valuable independent ip oh, yeah. know, of the 80s and 90s like in the 80s and 90s of today and yet they close vertigo today and part of that is because who would go to vertigo now with an with an original concept when they could just go to image when image is out there and doing it so much better well and they won't get screwed over and they could actually get like the whole pie instead of just a piece Um, and also that they got what's the word they got outmoded yeah but i think that part of it is you do need leadership for all of those lines the problem was dc liked having all of these different labels but they didn't want to they or they, they either lacked the people who were passionate about each of those lines or they didn't care enough to put passionate people in charge of those lines. Because you need a person who's just really passionate about Vertigo to push Vertigo. You need a person who's super passionate about Earth-1 to push Earth-1. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need somebody... Like, it's why the Ultimate Universe ultimately only really works for Spider-Man. Because the only person who gave a rat's ass about the universe was Bendis. Who also has his own line in Young Animal. No, which no, again, Wonder a lot of- Comics. Oh, Wonder... Yeah, that's right. Oh, sir, I forgot. Young Animal was the Gerard Way one. Yes! yes Wonder Comics is his thing. See, look, I'm even forgetting ones now. That's the thing, is that, like, there's Young Animal, which was Gerard, Way, Gerard Way's line, and the thing about that is, okay, right on, Gerard Way's coming in, he's helping to cultivate a line, we got the Young Animal book, we got a bunch of Young Animal imprints, clearly not all those books are gonna sell, Young uh, Mother Panic, you know, Shade the Changing Girl... But Doom Patrol really worked out. Clearly, you're yeah. going to have to, like, whittle those down. There were just weren't going to be enough eyes and money for all those lines. But the real issue wasn't that the books were not good or that they didn't sell. The issue was Gerard Way's in charge of that. You mean the lead singer from My Chemical Romance? What if he yep. goes on tour? <laughs> like, what if, or what if he just gets sick of it because being in comics doesn't pay the freaking bills? Man. You need, sure, Gerard Way's in top. And then who's who's next, though? Like, who else is working on the Young Animal line that he is fostering to help replace him? You know? Like, you need leadership and strong personalities who care about those lines that if you're I placing. can't point to someone. Yeah. I can't point to anybody at D- I can't point to anybody at DC to run the company. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the young animal imprint, which is, by all intents, for all intents purposes, is dead. Oh, yeah, and died a very it's early still, death. It's still a thing. We are still getting young animal books. But collectively, in in the consciousness of comic book readers, it's a dead line. Oh, yeah. What is Black Label? Who's in charge of that? Hey, you know who would have been a great editor? Not editor-in-chief, but, like, overseer of that? Scott freaking Snyder. Yeah. Dude helped build that thing. At least pitched it. You can't tell me that the guys who talked about like their top shelf black label whiskeys didn't come up with the black label late like label. Uh, that was very strange. Yeah, I but put you know put the right people in charge. And if you, if they say no, 
find the next person. You know, you don't, you don't just, it seems like DC's whole a- approach is like, okay, I've got this thing. Uh, who wants to take it? I don't see any hands. All right, well, I'm just <laughs> going to put it right over here and then forget about it. <laughs> Whoever wants it can just pick it up, okay? Right. Okay. I'm, oh. I'm not going to throw it away. I'm just going to put it over here, and then I'm going to put the next box on top of that on box. To- exactly. And then another box, so that by the time that someone actually does come in and say, hey, I want to do that, well, it's underneath all these other boxes. Like, I don't want to have to move everything. It seems like a lot of work. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but what other, uh, are there any other underlying issues that you think, like, are indicative of the issues with DC today? I would say lack of leadership, lack of focus. Another thing, there are very few things at DC right now that aren't Elseworlds, like White Knight that we said, like Superman smashes the clan or even Deceased, that are really exciting me at this point. You know what? I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad, that's in continuity, and that is pretty exciting. Sure. But so many of the books right now, it's like, mm, I've seen this. I like Tynan's Batman. I'm enjoying it. But mm, I've seen the mystery villain pulling <laughs> all the strings before. I've seen this. I've heard this. I like you. I like it. But I've yeah. seen it. No, I think what you need to what, what, what we're looking at here is you got to make the main monthly line exciting. Mm-hmm. got to add excitement to the main monthly line. And it's just not there, which is why I'm not reading many of the main monthly books anymore. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. I think we got three things. Leadership, no focus, make the main line exciting. Yeah. That's enough, I think. But I will say one of the things they are doing right mm-hmm. that I think is a big hurdle normally is their connectivity between the comics and the rest of the multimedia landscape. Like, the there is no significant issue with their animation department. Their, and I will say this. I don't like what they're doing necessarily with, like, their direct-to-DVD animated movies. But Red Sun shows, was one of the better ones, but yes. But, like, it seems that they, like, for better or worse, their interconnected universe of DVD or, like, digital video-on-demand movies. Mm. It, it is a cohesive universe. Like, this this new Justice League Dark Apocalypse War movie that's coming out? Yeah. It is, in, it, in, in its own way, an achievement because it's a culmination of, I don't know, how many years? Ten years of animated movies? Since, like, the end of Flashpoint Paradox, where they've right? been like, oh, we're, we're going to do a bunch of these in continuity now, which, again, as a fan, I'm like, I wish you wouldn't, but right. okay. but at the same time, I'm you also did like... It. They did it, and they did it well. Like, yeah. I don't like it, but it does. But I can't. But I do recognize that it is successful. Yeah, like, I can't fault them. It, it it has its audience. It has its cohesion. It's all connected, you know. And and it has. And you know how it works because they actually managed to follow these three freaking things. Like, yeah. You have the same directors working on the same movies. You have the same focus on these. Like you have the same level of 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 of, of quality control. Most of the same voice actors, most of the time. Exactly. Superman recast what twice, but uh, other but they've they've stuck with Jerry O'Connell, and I think it's for the best. Yeah. Uh, but that is kind of impressive. Uh, their Harley Quinn show is going really well, and it's a Excellent. good indication of things to come. Their app is a good focusing point yeah. for a lot of their multimedia projects. We got Young Justice again for crying out loud. We could debate whether or not it was good as the first two seasons, but we got it, and right. they were doing a lot of cool, new, interesting things. And I think people watched it, and it was successful in its own way. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And we're getting another season. Right. 
So on that front, they are doing they are doing a pretty good job of marrying multimedia with the source material. Indeed. Uh, they could do better. You know, nobody will. I don't think anybody wanted this weird hodgepodge of hush, but no, you know, and Killing Joke was a failure. Yeah, yeah. You I know, don't I, like to remember Killing Joke. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's very. It's not even incestuous. It's just all part of the same family. Like, it's just mm. there. Like the same people are all in the same offices on the same lot. So yeah, yeah you're gonna have people going like, "Hey, we should do an adaptation of this." Like. It's easier than ever for them to have cross uh, crossover. The only issue is, hey, the source material is doing really well for you to adapt into shows, cartoons, movies, and whatnot. How about a little love on the other side? Might be nice. Like, I get why they don't, at the end of every movie, do a plug for the comics. I don't like it, but I understand why they don't care. Yeah. But if you're making these animated movies, where are the ads? Like, hey, cartoons, where are the ads for the comics? Might be nice. Hey, did you like that movie you just saw? Well, maybe you would like to read this. <laughs> maybe. You know, call me stupid for wanting to see the thing we're championing represented in the things that you're that you're borrowing from. You know what I used to always like whenever you would get like the home VHS release of like the the Disney classics. Uh, Roy E. Disney would always come out, or you know Michael <laughs> Eisner would come out and be like, "Hey kids, hope yeah. you're enjoying this. You know, great new Disney animated film. You know, maybe check out our parks or check out some of this <laughs> other stuff." Yeah, yeah. I think, and and it could be there's just the lack of leadership as a result. Like there is no person to point to. Jim Lee is a pretty good mascot for DC. Yeah. Positive guy, no scandals, always seems to be, you know, enjoys going to the cons, talking with the fans and everything. Well, and I think he is, like, in, in his own way, he's almost scandal-proof because more people are willing to to forgive a lot because they just love the art. Like, yeah, I, I think Jim Lee could get away with more than Tadio or Johns mm. because people are like, I mean, like, let's say he did something or said something, but he, but he drew Hush, man. Yeah, but but hush, man. But his variant uh, covers though. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what we've identified. No focus, no leadership. The monthly line is overall not exciting. Pretty stagnant. Your shared universe is not exciting. No. Uh, we've addressed what those what those issues are, but we have to address what's causing those issues. Uh, but before we do that, let's jump into the super chats. Yeah. Uh, Getting Arts with the Lobster says, can't watch much of the stream live. Uh, love, uh, <clears throat> uh, sh uh, sure to work, but still loving all the content. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm sorry you can't catch us, but we hopefully we will see you on the repeat. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you very much, man. Uh, Fallen Angel XOO changed Tim Drake's name again. Drake is <laughs> stupid. Red Robin was a stupid name too, but at least it was fun. Well, and I'll add to that. Plus it had Robin in the name. Yeah, I, I never thought, yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who's like, no, no, I, I didn't know how good I had it with Red Robin. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, I hated Red Robin. Drake is as dumb as Red Robin for me. But uh, you make a good point. I'm going to put it into the list for later for the brainstorming pool, which is legacy. That's, a, mm. that's an underlying issue, and it's something that needs to be addressed. DC has and hates its own legacy. 
boy does it and they do it every five to eight years. They get rid of it, bring it back, and then we celebrate them for bringing it back. Right. Gary Gianni uh, says, uh, finally made a live show. Hey, yeah, you did, man. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much for your contribution. Here's just some of the money that I owe you for the hours and hours of entertainment or amazing content I've enjoyed. You owe me nothing, man. We make the show, but I do appreciate the support because it is it is a big help. Uh, but thank you for joining us on the live show. Mm -hmm. Caboose, uh, just my quick two cents before work. I enjoyed Lodell on Red Hood. He seemed to actually care about Jason, but gave Jason to Tom Taylor. Uh, Joel, what do you think? Lodell oh, gave give him... Jason to Tom Taylor. Oh, oh like, yeah. I loved what Lodell did, but Tom Taylor should have Jason. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that's another problem, too, and that is that uh, certain writers, uh, well, I mean, I think he's the only one in this situation, refuse to let characters go. New people can't get into Red Hood now because Scott Lobdell has been writing him basically since the new 52 with no stoppage in between. Yeah. So there's no fresh start, no get on point. And also, like, give someone else a turn, man. Someone right. else probably has a good take. And yeah, Tom Taylor has a really good fucking take. Yeah, uh, I will add to that or use it. Uh... We need passionate creators, uh, but we also need limits. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Petcher, they definitely need to fix the collections department. Having the at least six months up to 12 months for one trade is unacceptable. Joel, mm. what do you think? Yeah, again, I read so many digitally that you know, I'm almost always up to date. I actually didn't know that, that that was the thing DC was doing for the trades right now. Yeah, that's that's not cool. Yeah. So we need to address the collections, the trades, the hardcovers. Essentially, we need to address the publications. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, I, and I've noticed it's interesting how Marvel and DC are both the two biggest book publishers in the comic book industry. And yet, who does those beautiful absolute editions, those big oversized things? IDW? Yeah. Dark Horse? What? What are you, farming this shit out? Why? <laughs> Don't you have the paper? Like... I mean, and listen, they make beautiful collections. I actually wouldn't change it much. I just, there's a rumor that Marvel bought Malibu Comics back in the day because they did, because Malibu was doing some amazing colorations. They were doing some yeah. great colors for their books, and they operated out of basically a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> they had an office, and there's actually video online nowadays where you can see what the office looked like. But there's a rumor that Marvel acquired it because they didn't believe how the coloring was wor was working, and they wanted to steal their secrets to learn it, <laughs> so they just acquired them and then threw them in a in a drawer. Uh, and that's uh, and that's why you don't coloring. see any new Ultra Force. <laughs> yeah, but uh, listen, go over there and find out how they do it, and see what the cost is. <laughs> yeah, like DC should be published. If DC has their own statue line, you know, like DC Surely. Direct makes their own freaking statues to compete with Sideshow and whatnot, with with good looking pretty good quality statue collectibles, but without dealing with the like ultra collector prices, they should also be able to make absolute editions and hardcovers. You'd think so. Uh, Flywheel Scheister giving us the bones. Thank you very much. Uh, Luke says, teenage John is a fake and the real John is trapped in a pocket dimension. Finding him brings the family back together. Uh, that's a pitch to fix John Kent. Uh, I, I think that most folk would not argue with that solution. Um, no. As far as it being a like an idea for for how to fix DC Comics, I think we that goes right back to legacy. Uh, also, reinforcing to, the legacy. Also, good luck getting that done now 
when Bendis has control over the entire Superman line when he's arguably the most well-paid man in comics today and they're not going to be giving him the boot creatively anytime soon. So you're just going to have to deal with that until he gets bored. Right, Uh, which goes right into our passionate creators with limits section. Mm -hmm. That is the solution. Uh, By the way, there's a video coming out from this channel uh, from an episode from a show we haven't made in nine months called Comic Line where we offer a solution for how to get stuff what you're talking about. Uh, Super Luigiac, shout out to Joel, because why not? Why not indeed? Aw, aw, thank you. I, I needed that. I've been having a bad week. Thank oh, you. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Uh, Deviled Ham, I don't see nice. DC surviving the current diamond distribution model or the same amount of weekly releases. Stick to big names like Batman and Superman Weekly, and everything else is limited runs and graphic novels. Scaling back. Do you think scaling back is the solution, Joel? They're already really scaled back right now. Like we said, they're putting out less books, I think, than they have in a very long time with others to be canceled and miniseries to end. As far as, you know, like, will they be here? Well, of course they'll be here. They've been here for almost 80 years. These companies have outlived, are older than most of us put together and will continue to be. The answer is, is just in what form? Yes. I will say one thing I'd like to see from DC and from Marvel is pushing back against Diamond. Yes. Uh, I, I they, don't... Are, they are a cartel. They are bad for the industry. And I, and I think that if you, if you control the supply, you call the shots. Yeah. So you can dictate terms. And they do. It just seems... No, I'm saying that like Marvel and DC should be able to dictate terms. Oh, absolutely. Against Diamond. Uh, I just don't think that they want to. I think they're complacent. I think they make their money and they're happy with it. I think they're not innovating. No, I think, too, there's a lot of old people in charge at the managerial level and, you know, breaking shit up like that that has stood for, again, 80-odd years is a young person's idea and a young person's game to work for. Yeah. Uh, But And I'm going to put that in the parenthetical for the pushback against Diamond. That's more of like a personal thing for me. Like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if DC could lead the charge? to push back against this cartel is this monopoly. Um, yeah. I think a good way to do that is to, and I, this is another solution I think is to foster your digital uh, archive. Please. And the reason that they're not, and that they're not, you know, trying to do new digital series continues to do my head. And especially after when one of their biggest hits of the last decade was injustice. Yeah. An, a digital exclusive series. I will say the app uh, DC Universe has added books to the app, but it's not a Marvel Unlimited competitor. It is not in any way apples and apples. It's apples and oranges entirely. You gotta get control of your digital archive, and you gotta make it accessible and available, and you gotta make it discounted. You gotta be able to find some way to get your backlog in front of as many eyes as possible. Also, make it available in places like Canada and Australia and all the places it's still not available in and probably won't be available in until it turns a profit. Right. Uh, Which maybe it would if you opened up your market to millions of other people in different countries. Yeah. but yeah, fostering your digital archive and 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 like supporting your 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 archive. Uh, I think that also making those books available in trade, you know, just just fostering your archive. Hell, be like nice. I'll put d- digital in quotes or in parenthetical, like fostering your archive, putting out trades, collections, 
and also making them available digitally. Yeah. Uh, Amarta Acharya says, have a plan for your universe. Don't change the plans midway just out of spite. Put creators on characters they are suited to <laughs> actually like move Bendis from Superman. Yeah, that goes right into the passionate creators with limits. You want Bendis? Great. Bendis says he wants Superman. Okay, let's see the pitch. Oh, that sucks. You know what? You want to work here? You want to get this money? You're working on Batman. You're working on the question. You're working on these smaller characters who have street level abilities because that's what you're best suited for. Talking to about change in plans halfway through a couple of the last big events, Doomsday Clock, Heroes in Crisis. Boy, it really feels like you guys pivoted halfway through and changed whatever the original plan was here, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, so I'm actually going to put that back up at the, like, identifying underlying issues. Planning. Planning is essential to your shared universe. It's essential to your publishing line. Planning is the lifeblood of your market. You need no. to have a plan. And more importantly, that plan needs to be cultivated by experts and veterans and new mm -hmm. blood alike. Yes. So you have a hot you have this hybrid plan that you can not be afraid to stick to when the market reacts to it and it may look unfavorable. Yeah, you know who actually had a really good uh, pitch about this when it came to writing uh, Greg Wiseman yeah. he said he, de he developed this whole thing when he was writing gargoyles for television where it's like look you need tent poles on either end of your story and then you know you can change and do stuff in between and move episodes around as they get syndicated exactly. and everything but you got to have your tent poles in place this needs to happen here this needs to happen over here for it to feel complete and then you can play around in the middle right so I'm actually going to put that in there. I'm going to put it next to planning and put tent poles. You need tent poles. You need to have well and goals. Yes. Those tent poles are part of the goals where it's like, this is where we're going to start. This is where we're going to end up. You got to have an end game. And I get that comic books are sequential fiction. They're soap operas. They never end. And that's kind of a problem that you don't, that, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, well, we can't have this, you know, have too much finality or people will stop reading. Right. But at the same time, like, there's plenty of things that end that still have like a beginning or a new generation or some kind mm -hmm. of jumping on point. Desperately being afraid of your audience finding out they don't have to buy your disposable media yeah. is not a publishing initiative. No, or that they don't have to tune into General Hospital every week again to bring back the soap opera comparison. No, it's also like... The problem is you're really – you're betraying your lack of faith in your industry if comics are so disposable that if we do end our major event with a kind of like period – and it doesn't have to be a period where it's like, and then the world blew up or then everyone died or everyone got, grew <laughs> old and moved on, but just an ending. Like – if you think that everyone's going to stop reading your books because there's an ending to your event or your story arc, you've basically said that your universe isn't worth reading. No, the, the, the end of the event can't be the end of it. That has to be the lead into the new number one. Into da, 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 da. Yeah, it's a, it's a fundamentally flawed approach. It's why leadership is important, and it's why you got to foster new talent. Uh, eat that horse. Uh, smaller thing. That I think we really should have had a different Batgirl by now. We've had both better Batgirls in continuity for years now. Are they just going to keep de-aging Babs forever? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question with a story. Please um, do. I used to post on the Brian Michael Bendis 
message boards or the hmm. Benbos back in the day. And uh, <clears throat> Bendis and a number of other creators used to post regularly on that website. And uh, it was like an ongoing conversation. And I remember one guy coming out and he was an incredibly talented artist. And I wish I knew his name. I'm sure he's working in the industry today because he was drawing free shit for people. You know what I mean? At like at industry level talent. Oh, wow. So clearly he had nothing better to do with his time. <laughs> he pitched Barbara Gordon Batgirl being Batgirl again pre-New 52, like, hmm. well before New 52. Like, we're talking 2005? He's oh, wow. Like, he, he's talking about how, like, man, I want to see a Batgirl book with Babs back in the saddle. And he had, like, a new redesign for her costume, and he just desperately wanted to draw Batgirl again, but as Barbara Gordon. And hmm. everybody piled on him, where they were like, Batgirl is Oracle, like, Oracle's a good character. You have enough Batgirls. You got Stephanie Brown. You got Cassie. You got you got enough characters to be Batgirl. Why do you need Barbara Gordon? And I chimed in, and I'm like, they'll never fix it. Like, they will <laughs> never take her out of the wheelchair because it is too much of a political tightrope to take away this representative character who is an avatar for disabled readers. Mm-hmm. And, and then go, oh, and guess what? Sometimes when you are paralyzed, you, you just can just magically walk get better yeah. and be happy and jump around again. I'm like, that is so like tone deaf and weird. It's just too complicated. And they did it anyway. Yeah. And he responded with, they have been trying. He's like, I know for a fact they've been trying to fix Batgirl for a long time really that's wow to and, think that that they wanted like, it that bad for that long and i was like oh you're delusional and it's like no he was an insider yeah and then you ate those words years later and the fact that yeah she stayed batgirl for this long through several changes and yeah. changes in writing yeah i think uh one of those solutions is to be unafraid of change mm. don't the recoil only... from it the only constant in life is change. Mm. And arguably, you know, making Batgirl, they're making Barbara Gordon Batgirl again is change because she had been Oracle for like 20 years. But eh, there's a difference between not using a character and evolving a character into a new status quo. And also still, you know, let us not forget that as far as the greater pop culture consciousness was concerned, there was only Barbara Gordon Batgirl because she was the one in all the cartoons and, and in everything else. Yeah, it was always her. You know, again, we we might like Cassie, we might like Stephanie and everything, but as far as, you know, Joe and Jane Popcorn are concerned, it's always Barbara. But I don't think that they were doing that because in the cultural consciousness, everybody was, who's this Batgirl? I mm. thought it was the redhead. Like, no, you're talking about, by and large, a niche character. I'm sorry, but, like, if you're not talking about Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, and Superman, by the way, doesn't sell very well, so really, you shouldn't be using that as a barometer, but, like, it, anybody else is a niche character. Mm. Because if they don't sell top ten numbers, the powers don't regard them as being, a, a like, you know, a tentpole character. 
And that being said, anyone can become a Tenpool character. Look at Harley Quinn. She started Quinn. selling so much more, and now she is the fourth pillar of DC. I know. Uh, Patrick Lawson helping us out. Thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, Max Montgomery, uh, I love you guys. I can't stay for the Aww. live show, but I'll catch it on the VOD. Have a great day. Too sweet, Joel. Oh, hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, love you too, man. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. Uh, and we'll see you on the repeat. Uh, Drew Torres, I hate everything, but I don't understand how Elseworlds Exchange isn't more popular. You've got oh. good iTunes numbers, at least. I have no idea. iTunes is bullshit and doesn't really show you the numbers. Uh, incidentally, if you are watching the show and have an iTunes account or you're listening on iTunes, give us a good rating. It does help us out. It, does. Uh, it, does, it bumps us up, you know, so we, like it gets more people to see slash hear but the show. Pod, podcast numbers are such a crazy thing because yeah. I actually tried writing a Canadian podcast company out here being like, oh, well, you know, I've been doing the show for a number of years. My own show, The Comic Multiverse, surely I'm good enough to be on a network. And one actually right. brought me back and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, let, let's see your numbers and analytics there. You know, we're looking for at least 10,000 downloads. And I'm like, well, I don't have that. So <laughs> a good <Yeah>. day. Uh <laughs> Oh, you are? And uh, name a few shows that can prove they have 10,000 downloads. Yeah. Because that's a big problem. It's uh, true. But that's a different that's a different show. Yeah. Uh, the Monia, or The Monina, 42. Thank you very much. Five pounds. Uh, Christian Pereira, I don't think you digress, Sal. DC seems to want to do everything. It's lack of focus, clearly. Thank you, man. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, no, it... it, it it's very scattershot. DC has like a ready fire aim, you know, like buckshot shotgun kind of approach to this whole thing. And it, if it so. sticks to the wall, we'll do but, it. But no, the the solution is not to act like them. It's to it's to find solutions the way that people are supposed to solve problems. Yeah, uh, agree. Toy Box Customs says uh, the only way to fix DC is to crisis the company. <laughs> I mean, again, it's yeah. been about five to eight years, so... No, no, no. I think he means, like, a reboot on the executive oh, level, the creative right. level, the way that the corporate structure is is manifested. Yeah, for, like, the anti-monitor to show up and be like, no, all of it's going. I, I... Yeah. I'd say good luck with that, because, again, some of these guys have been in these jobs for over a decade now, are really... You know, right on in there. I'm shocked that DiDio left, as we said before. I thought they would have to carry him out kicking and screaming by, you know, his cold, dead hands. Agreed. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, like, it's also very, entr not entrenched, but it is very, like, incestuous. Like, mm -hmm. the person who's in charge of DC, uh, you know, Diane Nelson was the president of DC Comics. And she became president because she worked... As like a liaison, multimedia branding person for the Harry Potter franchise and Warner mm -hmm. Brothers, and then they announced like, "Hey, yo, you're in charge of DC now. You yeah. can, you clearly can do that." And that's the thing is that DC seems to be the most. Uh, uh, if you look at Diane Nelson's career, and how you know she was in charge of like brand management, and she was in charge of like coordinating the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, that's what they're focused on. Like, they're not focusing on having a president who can steer the ship of comics and make this the best damn book publisher we own. They're focused on negotiating the bridge between this IP farm we have here and those things with, that move, that, that more people buy and watch over there. Yeah. We need shirts and movies and toys and Happy Meal tie-ins. Now, that being said, I don't know why they put the person who was in charge of the Quicksilver quality surf clothing and snowboard company <laughs> in charge of DC right now. But whatever. 
you, you mean you didn't have a bunch of Quicksilver merch, uh, Sal? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, but then again, I didn't. I wasn't part of the culture, I guess. No, uh, I guess not. <laughs> but yeah, DC does need. Like the thing is, you could you could go to DC, you kick in the door, and give them this list. They could every one of them could watch this show, and they could be like, "Good ideas." But, but like, you can't. You know, Leopard doesn't change his spots. Like, no. If if they're gonna revert back to type, you can't just like tell somebody who's like heavy set, "Hey, just stop eating burgers, man." They want they have to want to change. They have to have the tools in front of them. They have to know how to change. And, I get it. And this is true of the corporate world in general, where it's like, these are great ideas. We can't implement any of them. Right. None of these are implementable. And it's like, you know what? That's loser talk mm. saying like, oh, you know what? That's those are all really good ideas. They'll never do any of them. And it's impossible to implement them. No, it's not. It's like it's like when you talk to a billionaire who says, you know, what you can't do. Uh, you're a billionaire. You can buy senators. You can buy islands. You can get a private plane. You can literally do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So don't talk to me about what you can and cannot do and what you can and cannot change. And we're talking about very limited things. We're talking about a comic book industry here. The one yeah. of the smallest, most insulated industries. Oh yeah. If you're talking about like you can't do that because so and so has been here forever and they have like a million people who will rush to their defense and keep them insulated, yeah, that's something you can't necessarily do. But even then, you can work around them. If you know psychology and you know business structure, if you have leverage on them, you can make these things happen. And the the suggestions we're making here, not really revolutionary we're not talking no, about not at all about about uh changing the industry itself we're just talking about how to make dc profitable again you uh, need you need your own glenn gary glenn ross guy to come on in always be closing yeah DC i got brass oh. balls taylor yeah. petcher uh cut the bi-weekly schedule there is no reason why justice league wonder woman and flash are still bi-weekly i can understand <laughs> batman to an extent uh yeah no that bi-weekly schedule is dumb it's terrible uh it makes them the same amount of money that they would normally get monthly, twice a month, it's why they're doing it. Hey, it, it, it was cool during DC Rebirth when I was interested and all these stories were super excited and I felt like I had to read them to get the whole Watchmen button long game. Right. But then eventually the jig was up and it's like, oh, you weren't actually ever building to anything, were you? No, they were. It's just that like some folks weren't doing that or they mm. wanted something else or you know maybe they were told not to do that. Uh, I will say... The solution to the bi-weekly schedule is you call it something else. Batman, Detective Comics, no, those should not be bi-weekly. Just Batman, Shadow of the Bat, Detective You know what I mean? Like, just make different titles. Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman, you know, Princess of Power. You know, whatever. Like, you just, you, you, you give them different titles and you give them different creative teams. So you just put out multiple books. Yeah. Or don't do that. I wouldn't do that. Like, I'd be like, no, bi-weekly is unsustainable. But we need a new Batman comic every week. Yeah. Uh, Blue Baba says, I feel like DC's current writers don't fully understand the properties they write. So as far as movies and so far as movies and adaptations go. Uh, Yeah, I think informed creators. Uh, So, you know, you have the passionate creators and you give them limits, but you also need them to actually know what they're talking about. Um, It'd be nice. I don't know what the solution is there. I, I, you know, we suggested in an upcoming show that, uh, one of the solutions is just having good editors mm-hmm. who go, uh, you know, who are strong and passionate and supportive, you know, where they go, do whatever you want. Uh, my job is to make sure that it's in continuity and it, and it works. So it's like, hey, 
maybe if the you know if if a if a, if a creator who's passionate and who's going to put asses in seats, so to speak, who's going to put hands on books. Mm. I don't know what the good term is for that. Uh, <laughs> asses on books, in which case you're reading it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you read. Uh, but you you let them write their story the way they're going to write it. Boom, here's your book, uh, or here's your script. The editor goes through it and goes, okay, you can't use this character because that wouldn't make any sense, and that character wouldn't do that. Or you could, if this happens, like, their job is to know the decades and decades of continuity and history, and, and especially if you have editors on each title, so it's their only job to represent what that character's universe is all about. And, you know, that's also like a chicken and egg type situation, too, where it's like, look, are the editors not doing their jobs or are all these rogue creators making it too difficult for these editors to do their jobs? Exactly. So like a caveat slash extra addendum to the brainstorming solutions is you got to get the passionate creators and limits. You need strong, powerful editors. And I don't mean powerful editors who can like bench press or who can like punch you. I mean editors. I don't know. Who... I kind of like that idea of big, strong editors. Well, in that case, I guess Greg Capullo is just editor in chief. But he's, uh, he's your man, <laughs> right? But I think that really the solution is like you need to give editors actual power. Like they need to be able to tell their creators no. Yeah, they it's, need veto power. It's how you got Vertigo. It's how you got Swamp Thing. You think they just let Alan Moore do whatever he wanted? Back oh. in the day, they did not. Uh, cash Money in the Bank helping us out in a big, bad way. Thank you very much, Cash Money. And congratulations on your fatherhood. Uh, I enjoy series written to the trade, like King on Batman, but it doesn't help the whole line. DC needs initiatives like Dawn of X. A sandbox writer's, uh, a sandbox writer's must play makes shared continuity worth it. I agree. I think They kind of uh, had that for a little bit, you know. New 52, for better or worse, and Rebirth, that was kind of the thing for a bit, but then they outgrew it. Yeah, I think a consistent OGN, uh, I don't know if it's like label, but it's more like, uh, you need to put out OGNs on a consistent like level, where it's like, mm. we are, like, just as we are putting out books monthly, every quarter we put out this many OGNs. Like, not trades, not collections, original graphic novels. And you'll attract a different but still lucrative uh, pantheon of creators who, who whose strengths are better for that. Strange Adventures. Yeah. Strange Adventures is one of the most anticipated books of the year right now. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be good because Tom King writes tortured PTSD suffering characters really well in a 12 issue format with a nine panel grid. That's probably going to be out of continuity that will probably, or, but, but maybe not depending on Dep how it ends up. We'll see, but just don't tell him it has to be in continuity, but yeah. like, there's no reason why that's a monthly book versus an original graphic novel. Yeah. Except it's like, money. Why, why can't I read it when it's done? Yeah. Exa except for money. Cause we can charge more for single issues. Exactly. But Tom King is a great talent to have in the OGN area. Yeah. And no I don't, I don't want to call that black label because black label doesn't mean anything. No, no, so, it doesn't. But it needs a consistently like released OGN plan. Like I like it to, to, to support the rest of it because there's a lot of trade waiters. There's a lot of people who prefer self-contained stories. You want to, you want to eat into the, the manga market make stories that end 
it's true. And in truth, I forget too sometimes that there are so many trade waiters out there because it's like, no, for work, I need to be on top of these. I need to read them as they come out, which I'm sure has affected my own perception totally. of these stories as well. Absolutely. Uh, the Dawn of X thing, I completely agree with that. I think that factors right into the make the monthly line exciting. You need to have yeah. a creator. And you know what, by the way? Hickman isn't just like, I have an idea. Uh, a big 90s-esque monster breaks Candor, and I'll just come <laughs> up with the rest of him later. As I go along, yeah. Hickman has a plan. It's He's making it exciting. He has a plan. But he also has some level of reining in because, like, maybe it's self-inflicted because I honestly think that there are stronger editors of DC than there are at Marvel. Hmm. I think just there's just fewer editors at Marvel. But, uh, you know, Marvel doesn't release their numbers and they don't release a list of a comprehensive list of what comes out every month. So, no. you know, they like to keep a secret because they're dumb. Uh, Devil Ham says, uh, could comics successfully use the anime model of adaptations of the manga? Uh, so it's like you have the manga, you have the anime. And right. the anime is like an extension slash elaboration on the manga. Yes, and sometimes uh, when you catch up to the story, you have to have filler arcs. Like, I don't know, Batman learns to drive or does his taxes for a couple episodes exactly. while the writer writes and draws more. I mean, like, I will tell you this. I know that uh, anime fans, manga fans, they hate that too. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a multifaceted issue because, number one, are people asking for that? Number two, is it worth the financial investment? Because you're not just talking about now creating – like a self-contained graphic novels, which, you know, are part of a, a series, but you're also talking about adapting like a show to that. It's, we're talking millions of dollars here. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would start with these things. And if you got aggressive or you got a, like a, like a generous infusion from like whoever, then you could do it. But it, it, it's, the question is, does it always work? You know what I mean? Like, is it always successful? And if it is, then you have to do it. If it isn't, then you have to analyze it and decide whether or not it's worth the risk. Yeah. Uh, Keshav Petak says, DC's problem is regurgitating the same writers like Jurgens and Lodell and hardly attracting up-and-coming ones. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, the thing is, you gotta foster new creatives. You gotta entice mm. new creators with incentives. And the incentive it's can't just be you get to bust your ass to draw Batman. <laughs> it, it's true. When I think of all the new up and coming writers that have me very excited, they all work for Marvel. Teeny Howard, Matthew Rosenberg. I could go on. Uh, uh, Donny Cates. Donny Cates. Yeah, I guess he is fairly new, isn't he? I mean, he's he's gotten so big so quickly. Oh, yeah. But yeah. No, Cates literally didn't accept an offer, a very generous offer from DC because he knew he could blow the doors off at Marvel because DC had too many big names mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or too many consistent names. I think enticing new creators parts is part of the unafraid of change thing. The problem is that the comic industry relies on veterans because they need it to come out. It's more important than it's good or it's, you know, more important than it's good. It's got to come out on time. Can you get it done on this schedule. So it's the reason why those guys get work over yeah. newer creators. Drew Torres, both companies need to emphasize digital. You need cheap a cheap app, $5 a month to get every comic in their history and all the new comics, the Netflix model. That is too low to get... To, they, the, the way the comic industry makes money, as, as, as far as I am aware, is 
in the front end. It's yes. from pre-orders and monthly sales. The trade paperback, the OGNs, those are the direct-to-video market. That's the, like, if you want to look at it from the movie perspective, the monthly the monthly sales are the box office. They are the opening day. Which are the most important ones. The most important ones, the opening weekend sales, the trades are, uh, the trades back issues and whatnot are uh, the, 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 the VHSs, the DVDs, the direct market. <laughs> They're it's, nice, it's, but not where you make it's your nice, money. Nice, but it's not. It, well, and it also isn't how you leverage new stuff. It's not how you can make more. Uh, Indeed, it's just not enough money uh, to to sustain a company on mm-hmm. that model. I do mm-hmm. agree they need to emphasize digital. I think that with some of these late with some of these books from their lineup here, uh, you could make some of them digital exclusive. Yeah. And injustice has proven if you put if you put a oh look at our list here a passionate creator mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's unafraid of change oh yeah and you foster your digital archive you will have a success wouldn't that be nice look at that it all lined up so yes like I think that you need to like move some of those things you need to be like uh, you need to rely on digital you need or you need to at least like. Not like you know, you, it's a combination. Don't be afraid of change, but like take a character, a fan favorite character that you know will sell a certain number, but maybe not enough to justify a print release and make that a digital book. Yeah, eat that horse. I get what you mean by about <clears throat> lack of excitement for the main line. Most of the DC I'm currently reading are things like Hill House and Hellblazer, which are great, but I wish the main books felt important. Yeah, they don't, and that's what Joel was saying. You know, you own, you're mostly sell, buying books that are Elseworlds books. Tiffany, mm-hmm. I know her books are things like. Justice League Dark. Yes. And Hill House. And each new Hill House was better than the last Hill House. Yeah, yeah. Hill House is a, Hill House is one thing DC is getting right. It's a line, it has a person at the top, but yeah. it's not reliant on that person because Joe Hill isn't writing all of them. No, his name is on it though, so he has an invested interest in making sure the trains run on time and that they that it's all consistent quality. Hill House is a good Example, let's put Hill House. Good example. Yeah, of how to do it all right. What to do? What you're doing right? Somnus. I think scale's a problem right now. I'd rather get get that cranked out scarecrow. I'd rather get that cranked out scarecrow story Snyder mentioned than fight the universe with hope again. Agreed. Mm, What he's referring mm. to is Snyder was on the show a while back, and he mentioned he's like, I'm not interested in telling these like little stories that I could easily do. I want to tell the big stories. I want to swing for the fences here. I could tell. Like a, a scarecrow story, just a, a run of the mill scarecrow does this, Batman does that, and they, and you get a book. Boom, three issues, if, six issues. But it wouldn't excite me. And my only issue with that is, but if everything is big, nothing is big, and then you get diminishing returns from everything being a world-ending catastrophe. Agreed. So I would say focus on the little stuff, and that is a catch-all because it focuses on little stories, little characters. Mm-hmm. Put the That's right people love- on those characters. Good. That's why I loved Superman Smashes the Clan just recently, a small story of Superman fighting the Clan in the Golden Age. Ironically, we have not used a single Marvel example for any of the good things that were representative of what we're doing here. So DC still mm. has some things going forward, and they are doing some things right, and they're do and they're following some of the things in this list. True. Uh, 
So we got Cash Money in the Bank again. It says, uh, and thank you very much for your generosity. 100% agree on trades. It's impossible to catch up with DC books. With Marvel, I can buy a trade, one back issue, and I'm up to date. With DC, I have to hunt for months of floppies, buy hardcovers, ugh, or overpay in digital. Sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, it does sound like a pain in the ass. Digital, by the way, too expensive. Hey, push back against, the only th- issue is, it's Amazon. You know, it used to be, yeah. it used to be Comixology, which could bend. But it's Amazon now. You can't tell Amazon to change their prices. The other thing is, though, you're not talking to Amazon. The reason why same-day digital and, like, why your digital books are the same exact price as your in-store books is because of in-stores. It's because the comic book industry doesn't want to piss off or upset the brick-and-mortar outlets. No, which is another thing. And again, that's more of a broader industry thing. But as I've said every time we mention this, we will see the death of the mom and pop brick and mortar store in our lifetime. It is an inevitability that industry has been on life support for a very long time. Agreed. I mean, like, I'm a, I am I love brick and mortar stores. I Same. rely on brick and mortar stores. And I think there is room for them. And the best ones, the ones that do the best and have the most success are the ones who are unafraid of change and who and who adapt. We, we did a whole episode on this topic, too. What would we do if we owned our own comic book that's store? That's true. That's true. But uh, the, the, the industry needs to be unafraid of change, just as the brick-and-mortar store industry needs to be unafraid of change. Yeah. Uh, Mikey uh, Gessis, I apologize, uh, says, I work at a shop. So he's actually right in this uh, conversation oh, right now. And I find oh, your energy is what keeps me reading when I keep getting screwed by a re- when I get getting screwed as a retailer. The BS oh, wow. answers from DC about Dan are frustrating. Yeah, you uh, no doubt. You should be the most upset because you're on the hook. You don't just get to like sell books and try to drum up success. They're the guys at the top of the hill who are like, hey, buy our books. By the way, we don't sell them. Like, you know what I mean? We sell them to outlets who distribute them. Yeah. That's kind of a messed up system in and of itself. But, like, if you are a brick-and-mortar store and you are trying to, like, live and you want people to be passionate about the industry when the industry itself seemingly refuses to be passionate about it. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah. You're doing the job of two industries. You're doing the job of your store being managed and run and all the operations that require your store to stay open, which is untold. And you are also trying to be like a cheerleader for a company that that doesn't really give a shit about you. Good luck with that. You know, they give a shit about you in as much as they don't force comiXology and other digital retailers to lower their prices, which they absolutely should. Yeah. Because what the hell am I buying for $6 to read on my phone? And that, again, opens up a bigger conversation in this age of digital media. Do I really own my digital media, or am I only leasing my digital media? And only because of pushback, and because there there were seasoned veterans of the digital market who were able to weigh in to say, hey, this is horseshit. How come, yeah. there's, how come it's not DRM-free? Uh, Dan V900, Bendis' best DC work is Batman Universe. I agree entirely, Dan. Totally. Which was a lot of fun. Event Leviathan having no conclusion and existing as a setup with a dumb reveal wasted readers' time, just like Snyder with Justice League. I'll do one better, man, because, yes, Snyder's Justice League has no ending. It's unsatisfying. It's we're, a lot we're of jumping wheel spinning. jumping right to a new one. Yeah, we're, 
every single thing that Snyder has done since 2018 has dovetailed into the next thing, which is great for him. And I think he thinks it's good for sales, but I think you'd find it isn't. I mean, it'd be one thing if it came right out, but it's not coming right out, which is the weirdest choice. And the fact is, you're, you're, you're violating a lot of these basic rules where it's like, it's too big, too fast, too recently, and it does so it doesn't feel special, and you're losing momentum and energy for your main line. It's not exciting. And, you know, here's another uniquely DC problem that Marvel does not have. The impending fear of a crisis, as I keep saying every five to eight years. Don't get too attached to anything over the next couple, you know, months to a year. Because there's probably a good chance 5G is just a crisis in everything but name. And that they're going to wipe the slate clean anyway. And you're going to be buying a whole new bunch of books to begin with. So, you know. Yeah. Although Devil's Advocate, at least when you hate something that's going on, you can go, well... You know, like, I don't care, like, people talk about Drake, right? About, oh, I can't believe Drake, or I can't believe this, or I can't believe that. And I'm like, well, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about it. You know, That's I was, how I feel about Superman and Rogel Czar and all the Bendis books. I'm not reading them, so I don't have to care. Yeah, and there is no leadership. So, like, yeah, Bendis killed Kandor. Josh Williamson just resurrected Kandor. Yeah, they did. And... You know, maybe he'll put them back in the bottle. Williamson's a team player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he could be like, nah, they all have to die again at the end. But, like, why? No. Like, why when your fellow creators don't have respect for you and your story? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Leviathan, by the way, is the same thing as Secret Invasion. It's the same thing as anything else that Bendis wrote for Marvel that didn't have a conclusion and didn't go anywhere. Dark Reign, you know, like... was it satisfying? Sure. Some of those stories were actually more satisfying. And especially because you knew there was no reboot coming. Yeah. I mean, at least stuff kind of happened in those where an event Leviathan is like, well, this took forever to get started, then didn't get started. And now the sequel's here. What? Yeah. What? Who gives a shit? Lucha Dandy. DC should communicate with the audience more. DC communicates more with its audience than Marvel ever did. It really does. How they had a press conference to usher in the DC Rebirth era, and that blew my goddamn mind. Yeah, uh, they they had a they had a channel for a whole while where you could make your own videos and give them to them, and they'll send you a a, a card with a thank you on it. Uh, I I agree because I think it's lip service. I don't buy it. Uh, DC needs to communicate with its audience in terms of leadership and. And, and and planning and being like we have a strategy like yeah. just being a leader and and operating with confidence and planning is communication enough i don't need nice? my companies to tweet at me to to for me to buy their shit Agreed. i just need them to have i just need to have confidence in their product uh Likewise. james robbins yeah right uh, James Robbins, thanks guys for being wonderful. Why is it the creators and editorial will not just fix these mistakes instead of repeating mistakes of the past? Be usually because of the same people over and over again. And there's no consequences for screwing up. Yeah, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Stuart McNally, Black Label stuff seems the most interesting to a lot of people I've spoken to. So is more minis focused on the small, maybe out of continuity stories the way forward? Also, Cass is Batgirl again, please. Yeah, I love Cass Batgirl. She should be Batgirl anyway. There should be two Batgirls, one of whom is like a mute assassin that they're trying to deal with, and the other one's being like the bright, fun, whatever the hell, who gives a shit version. 
Because uh, variety say, is the spice of life. Yeah. I will say uh, minis, they will not focus on minis more than the monthlies because, like we said, the monthlies make the most money. And because minis end. But I think that the reason why there's more excitement about Black Label and about minis and about it, self-contained stories and imaginary stories is because there is no confidence in the main line and no one's excited about it. Yeah. So they're like, I'll just, I, I like Batman. Uh, what can I read that's Batman that I'll actually enjoy right now? Yeah. You know, as opposed to needing to read everything uh, or, or having an affinity for self-contained stories. It's literally just desperation at this point. So I think that's where we are. Uh, yeah. Uh, Marvel Kid AJ. I'm a little bit interested in the 5G concept. Seeing the universe through different generation of heroes is interesting. Maybe if Duke became Batman instead of Lucius, though, it would be better, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, my issue, and I think it's because, like, it's funny. I'm My issue is not about... Um, the dis- the idea behind 5G like same here you know it, it, it's it's my total lack of confidence f- in 5G and the leadership at DC so like for me i don't think it comes from a from a pure desire to tell a story yeah, exactly. It's, oh, we need to fix some of these things we broke. We need to kind of do a crisis thing. We need to shake stuff up. We need to rattle some cages. <laughs> yeah, like, I I see why uh, people would be excited about 5G, because it is something you haven't really seen from DC before, and it is kind of well, interesting. except for hyper time, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that um, the issue there is that, like, or the reason why I'm why I'm crapping on it, or some people might think, is because like it is from a corporate decision. It is not from yeah. an original decision, and it, and they're relying on you being tricked by their bullshit and yes, by this your. Isn't blind... I had a good idea? This is we needed to have an idea, and this is what we came up with. No, we needed a thing. Not even an idea. An idea, at least, is pure. This is a thing. This is a, this is a, you do this. How do we justify a new publishing initiative? Time something? That, exactly. And it's like, if you don't think about, like, I, I get that, like, ignorance is bliss, and I, like, you know, it's better, I think, to, to read a comic than to meta-read a comic, but at the same time, like, you need to be aware of what they're doing so that you can make the most informed decision with your money and so that you can encourage them when they make the right call versus the worst call. And I think 5G represents the worst that DC can do. It's like their worst impulses. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of... Because you're a company, right? Like... uh, Warner's AT&T like they don't know how the comic industry works. They have no idea how DC works. You know, no, some they people don't are like, "Oh, they're going to sell them." No, they're not, but like, you know, if you push back at your parent company, "Hey, this isn't going to work or we're going to lose confidence in our audience. You're actually going to hurt the industry if we do this shit." Um, you know, that kind of pushback is scary if you're owned by a major corporation, but you have to also remember the leverage you have on them, which is they have no idea how that industry works. They're not going to fire everyone at DC and install puppet management from AT&T and then hope 
that industry works because they at least know how their industry works. And they know that if they had a bad company, (laughs) it's bad business to have people who don't know how your industry works running your industry. Now, that being said, they did put a person who's in charge of like practically Billabong in charge of DC Comics. Like Quicksilver or whatever the hell, like (laughs) beach clothing and body surfing you know, wetsuits in charge of your DC line, probably a mistake. Hey, wetsuits are kind of like the Lycra suits that superheroes wear close enough, really. I don't think she knows how that publishing industry works. I don't think she comes from that industry. I don't think, you know, but on some level, I get the decision because... You were successful elsewhere. You'll be successful here. You're a professional executive. Bill Jemis, who helped make Marvel come back to life was a corporate executive. He had no idea how the comic book industry worked and he, but he knew people who did and he worked with them to help pull it out of, out of the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want more Tim Drake, but without the Drake costume and then without the Drake name and the crappy costume, you will get it sooner than you think. I think. Yeah. Uh, Dan V 900. I, I second only being interested in Hill house and Hellblazer with DC right now. Uh, my most anticipated DC book is The Adventures Continues by, Din- by Dini and crew. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be great. Hopefully Stranger, uh, Strange Adventures is good tomorrow. I think there's no doubt it will be good because there's no reason to suspect that King can't tell like that kind of story. Well, I don't think I'll surprise anyone by saying this. I'm not interested in reading Strange Adventures, at least not week to week, because I'm still so burnt out on King from Batman and Heroes in Crisis. I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm not going back. You can't make me go back. Right? Uh, no, I, I'm saying like I'm not buying it same day. Uh, Dan V900 Tynan writing Tim as Batman for 5G made more sense. Uh, yeah, but that was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, even though it makes sense. It's yeah, it, it's part of this. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that made sense. But yeah, no. Uh, Jack O'Connell. I'm not sure why, but I'm way more invested in Marvel's characters. Even though DC has bigger events, Marvel's universe seems much bigger and lived in. Yeah. And I think it's because there's no reboot. I think it's just because like if there's there's history and the history isn't like, oh, but that didn't happen or oh, but no. Oh, but what what did happen? What didn't happen? What was rebooted? Um, I get your motive. I, I get your understanding. I love both universes, um, mm-hmm. but I do feel a, a, a deeper, maybe a deeper connection to Marvel only because like it's been one story for 80 years. You never fear a reboot, and if there is a problem, they're like, okay, who's got a pitch to fix it then? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was that's 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 that. Uh, Austin Cole Comics should take a page out of the old Scholastic book, where they used to release a new book every two to three months. Short graphic <laughs> novels, to me, seem preferable to a 30-page comic. It is, but it doesn't make them as much money. I think they no. need to do both. I think we need a new original graphic novel every two or three months. Also, uh, what is it? Uh, using the Scholastic model means we get to have a DC comic book fair. Yeah. Hey. Uh, moreover, and I think this is the best way to make money on that on that end. Uh, you need, if you do that, you'll have a consistent DC book in bookstores and periodical sales. Like you'll get it in those areas on the Amazon, on the New York Times bestseller list every two or three months, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. Uh, Christian Pereira, good, strong editors are great until they say make Wally West kill a bunch of heroes. Oh, and put a bullet in the head of a Nightwing, thanks. Uh, 
that is he's the co-publisher he was not an editor he's yeah he was not editor of anything uh the editors aren't supposed to tell you what to do they're supposed to help focus what you're doing into the best possible product that will make the most sales uh you know i i agree that agendas are toxic for a shared universe um but they are inevitable and you know so you're you know you're stuck with them uh you wouldn't if uh, you know if there weren't crises every five minutes you wouldn't have gotten to that point with rick because you know uh Forever Evil would have had its long-standing effect on Dick Grayson or any mm. other number of things. But again, I think you need to check your ego at the door. That's a big help. But that's hard, Sal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like your ego will never match the like power and influence of Superman. So remember True. that. Russian bot, I think that DC, I feel DC should stop changing everything with a ni- with a niche character when they realize they are popular, like the changes made to Harley since the start of New 52. Mm. Yeah, I She's hear popular, let's change everything about her. That being said, the show actually kind of crystallized that and made <laughs> it work. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. As um, messed up as that is, it took a show to make that next level of adaptation and be like, all right, let us look at this history, what they've done, what they changed, what they did right, what they did wrong, what we could do better. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Joshua Wright, as always, here's some love for your awesomeness. Uh, what do you guys think about Sean Murphy announcing the White Knight verse series of titles? He's calling it the Murphy verse. Yeah, uh, I'll check it out. I will definitely check it out, but I'm also like, part of the only reason why I love it so much is because it's by him. Because he writes and draws and controls every little aspect of well, it. Well, ultimately, like, I think that White Knight 2 is four issues too long. Yeah, I don't love it as much as the original White Knight, but there's some cool shit in it, that's, that's for sure. the thing, is that every issue has something, like, not mind-blowing, but breathtakingly good. Mm, like, every yeah. issue has something wonderful in it visually, so it justifies its existence and its, and its decompression. I don't know if the White Knight universe is comprehensive enough. Part of the appeal to me of the Murphyverse is that it is so small focused and narrow that like they they are know, ultimately pretty damn simple stories aren't they like you can sum up basically the f- two series that we've had so far in like only a couple uh what is it a couple sentences true uh but also like that anything can happen and that nothing else is influencing it so everything that everything that could happen or that matters is happening within the pages that you're reading right now yeah i i think that it's a good marketing decision i don't know if i am gonna embrace it creatively uh, Dan V900, I also love Superman Smashes the Clan. That's another good example yes. of something Excellent. smart that DC is doing right. Uh, so excited, no confidence in their new characters. They have no confidence in their new characters. They need to, I don't know if we have that uh, in there, but like something where it's like, you need to stick to it. I was going to say, or transversely, they either have no confidence in their new characters or they have too much confidence in their new characters. Like a little fellow called the Batman who laughs was, boy, he sure was fun when he started in a cool idea. Now I'm sick of him because he keeps showing up and everything. Right. Or what about that new character, Duke, that Snyder kept using that like literally no one but people who knew and liked <laughs> Snyder used? Hey, I still kind of carry a torch for Duke. Duke could have made it under better circumstances, but right? now we'll never know. Duke is like a side character in the Murphyverse. Like, <laughs> well, in a totally different character, and he's in the Outsiders now. That's where he's been shuffled off to. Yeah, I think ultimately in our brainstorm solution, you need new characters need nurturing. 
Yes. You know, and they need time. Time. Yeah. Perfect uh, example again, and I mention her all the time. Miss Marvel Kamala Khan is such a big deal because they found the perfect creator, gave her time and space. Yep. Yep. And let her work that character out. And now she's ingrained in the Marvel Universe. She's going to be in that video game. She's getting a show. In many ways, I think, has actually eclipsed Carol Danvers in popularity because that book is having a hard time find its, finding its footing again since Civil War II. So, yeah, here, the side legacy character is actually arguably more popular than the one that she was aping off of. True. Yeah, absolutely. There is potential. Uh, Zeberm, uh, it's been said that when the Superman books do well, DC does well as a whole. I'm probably not the mm-hmm. first to say this in live stream, but to get some, but get someone new. Um, yeah, I agree. Superman, I, I don't remember a time when Superman was ever selling really well, except when he died. Mm. Um, but, but creatively uh, well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously Johns agrees. Yeah. I, I would literally just be like, just give John Superman. He's the center of the metaverse, man. Just be like, just do whatever. Um, but nothing else. Be like, you're doing monthly Superman. That's what you're doing. Like, I want to do Shazam, though. I don't give a shit. Put him in, it, put him in your Superman book, then. But, you, but you're doing Superman. <laughs> I'm actually totally okay with that. <laughs> Shazam <laughs> just became a regular recurring character in the Superman book. Why not? He is a Superman derivative. Yeah. Uh, Alex R, 5G Batman makes more sense as Batman Beyond. Yeah, but they already tried that. Yeah, they already bungled the fuck out of that a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, looking like so. Let's look at our brainstorm solutions for those issues, uh, and we'll uh, we'll see if we uh, came upon anything, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, <clears throat> as we said to recap, identifying the underlying issues. Uh, we need leadership. There's no focus in the publishing line uh, with mm-hmm. rogue creators and labels being kind of like all over the place. Uh, they need to mm-hmm. make the monthly line more exciting. And they need planning, tent poles, and an end game when it comes to their main monthly line. Yeah. Let's address those uh, issues. We did that already. So the brainstorming solutions for these issues are legacy is important and particularly integral to DC. And will always be important, despite the fact that they push and pull against it every five to eight years. Yes. Stress legacy. Passionate creators with limits. You need passionate Mm -hmm. creators on your books, but you also need to be able to make sure they can't just go hog wild with it. You are running a company. They are producing a product. They are Mm -hmm. essentially your employees. And while they are doing a creative thing and you are working in a creative medium, at the end of the day, they're making something for you. They're building widgets. Some people will say, oh, but that's stifling artist creativity. I think of it more as collaborating with artists. Creativity needs conflict. Yes. Uh, Collections, trades, and hardcovers. Essentially, you need to refocus on your publications line. And we've Uh, been saying this forever. uh, As a side note, push back against Diamond. Uh, foster mm-hmm. your archive, be it digital or physical, but foster your archive. That I think stresses also into the legacy section where it's like really focus on your line. Where it's like, look, people should care about Wally. They should care about them and they can because they can go back and read all those stories. Exactly. Uh, be unafraid of change. You must be fearless if you are going to live in a creative, if you're going to work in a creative field. Don't run in place forever. Yes, uh, and this this applies to a lot of things. Don't be unafraid of change for your characters. Be unafraid of change 
for your creative teams, be unafraid of change for your industry and for your approaches and for your, you know, when, when new markets come in, I mean, like, you know, I, I will use this as an example. Marvel made a lot of weird decisions. People really want me to cover trouble on back issues because they're like trouble is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Trouble sucks. There, it was part of an initiative to try everything. Yeah. Those covers are gross and awful. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but I can't deny it was something tried. And we're still Overpower talking about it. card games, digital books. Remember those like motion comics? Yes, Back yes, in, I like, do. Back in the early 2000s, you could get like a DVD of a motion comic with voice yeah. acting and sound effects and stuff. Just trying stuff. They're emer- there were they, those were emerging markets. They were like, we got to try this kind of stuff. New Valiant. Back when they were not run by the current archive or people, mm-hmm. they were like, we're the only ones who are trying to reach out to YouTubers and shit to try to get this shit out there. Yeah. Which was a great initiative. Recognize the new markets. Uh, a consistent original graphic novel plan, maybe every two to three months. Um, that's part of, I think, the like fostering your archive and also uh, getting into your collections and trades and hardcovers. Strong, powerful nice. editors. Uh, I don't necessarily ne- like need them to be tyrants. I don't need them to be jerks. But they got to play the bad guy. They got to get this shit done. They have to have power. They can't just be... The buck needs to stop with that. It them. stops here. And you need to know that at the beginning level. You know, if you have a top-tier creator or you have a, a, a stunt creator and they're like, I'm not doing it unless blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, then maybe we'll find another place for you. Hey, we'll put you in your, our original graphic novel section. Or, hey, we'll create a new like line for you or something. But like, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you want to write Batman, you got to be part of this system. You got to and you got to work within these constraints, you know, uh, so you got to have that uh, entice new creators, give new creators a reason to work for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Hill House is a good example. Uh, focus on the little stuff. That means little stuff being the little characters, focus on the little stories, focus on the little stuff, because that's where you make your most like die in the in the wood like your 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 hardest core fans most definitely like no one became of the a huge blue beetle fan because they saw him in superman dies mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know they they love their story uh check your ego at the door when it comes to working there uh, you need like no agendas and new characters need nurturing yeah i don't think we can argue against any of these things i think these are pretty pretty good uh, philosophies pretty it's universal hard, yeah it's hard to corporatize them but yeah. but like i said this is a brainstorm this is a thought cloud this is where these ideas are to address some of these issues and some of them can be uh elevated and some of them can be thrown away or at the very least morphed into another idea but uh but there you go these are ideas for how to make dc better today versus how it was a week ago yeah uh, you know, addressing these issues is, is, is one part of the solution, but remember you always have to like try and come up with some kind of solution or at the very least admit that you don't really have a solution. So, you know, you're playing devil's advocate, but you know, 
look, we're not always just crapping on everything. We're not just saying, no. like, hey, DC's fucking up. Like, no. It's, <laughs> we can be constructive. Yeah, we're trying to be constructive here. We're trying to address these issues so we can have positive solutions. Watch the video. Share it around. Uh, you know, talk about it. And in the comments mm-hmm. below, if you're watching this later, uh, give me some of your solutions. What is, what is one thing DC could do right as a publishing line to make the company better? Yeah. Uh, so I want to thank you all for hanging out with us and watching this episode. And we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Listen, if you want to continue the conversation, go to patreon.com slash comic pop. It's a special spinoff show called One Shots where Joel and I keep talking. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, otherwise, uh, subscribe here, like the video, and there's more to come. So uh, that, that's it for me. And that's it for Joel. So long, everybody. Bye-bye.